We've, I'd like to continue along the whole theme or the idea of pioneers because uh, apostolic basically means pioneers. It's a, it's a frame of mind. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of dealing with life. It's a way of, of engaging uh, with the one who sent us, why we're here, and uh, engaging with our mission because we're here on purpose. We're here born for such a time as this, and we need to grasp that. We need to see the big picture. I'm uh, worried that uh, Christians, for the most part, don't see or have forgotten what the big picture is. And I'll just look at that a little bit again today. And the one thing about this pandemic, it has uh, caused the whole world to look at the big picture. It kind of brought mortality to light. Uh, pandemics are, are um, by definition, something that threatens everyone. And it is a new challenge. So we are looking for medical breakthroughs. And we get engage the best medical researchers for that purpose. And these are pioneers, also pioneers in medicine. So we've had a few Canadian pioneers in medicine, Banting and others, who have uh, brought uh, things that help the whole rest of the world. Pioneers are trailblazers that begin. They're forerunners, but their intention is to bless the rest of humanity. So we're looking for pioneers in medicine. Uh, then, you know, the other thing that has kind of come to light is the whole systemic racism, and that's a social pandemic, as so many other people have called it. And uh, so we're looking for, uh, people are looking for equal treatment and justice for all. So that requires social, political, and legal pioneers striving to find a way to address another big picture issue. So there are different kinds of pioneers. So we usually think of geographic pioneers, and I'll be referring to them a little bit today. But pioneers who then uh, are geographic see a vast territory to discover, and they want to occupy it. They want to go, and they want to explore, and then they want to occupy, and they want to take hold of territory. Then there are pioneers of industry who see opportunities. And when they see an opportunity, they, they put vision and energy and, and, and resources behind capitalizing on those opportunities. <clears throat> Jesus is a pioneer. Hallelujah. Jesus, as the scripture says, was a pioneer of our faith. He has a clear understanding of the big picture. The whole uh, plan of salvation, you know, I studied mathematics, and so I can see beauty in symmetry. And the whole plan of salvation is an amazing plan of God. It is a big picture plan. And we need to see it from that perspective. For that perspective, we're all born in sin. Now, I had an argument or a talk with someone who said, I don't understand how a little baby could be considered sinful. Well, the reason is this. We're all born in sin because it's like a genetic disease that's called death. And it's something that every human being has. It's a pandemic. We inherited it from Adam and Eve, and therefore it affects all of their children. It's a genetic disease that affects everybody born out of Adam and Eve, which is everybody. Our genetic material was altered by a disconnect from our Creator, and therefore from eternity. The Bible calls this disconnect sin. That is the definition of sin. It's our disconnect from God. It's not just sinful things that we do, but it's sinful things we do are an outcome of 
the disease, which is sin and death. Sin, the disconnect, is the cause of death. And the symptoms are bad behavior, sickness, evil, and ultimately death. So here's the good news. Jesus made a breakthrough. Hallelujah. He pioneered a cure and a therapeutic answer to sin and death. He has overcome death, and he has mitigated the sin symptoms. Jesus made a legal breakthrough to resolve the divorce issue that separates humanity from God. The legal breakthrough is grace through faith. That's how the Bible describes it, or defines it, grace through faith. Now, grace is a free gift of God. And the grace is to reconcile the human family to its father. Grace is a gift. And grace, like any gift, has to be received. If I offer you a gift and you don't take it, it remains irrelevant. So grace is a gift that we receive, and faith is the means by which we receive it. Now, some people are hesitant to receive this gift because they think there are strings attached to it. So here's the thing. Yes, there are. <laughs> One day I brought a little package to Janet and I opened it up and said, here's a gift for you. And it was a diamond. Now, she was smart enough to realize that there were strings attached to that gift. <laughs> it's called an engagement ring. And it means that, will you marry me? So grace is like that too. It's, a, it's an engagement ring. Uh, it's a way of saying, will you reconcile and come back to me? Will you be joined to me? So grace is God's answer for the disruption between humanity and God. And the reinstatement or reconciliation of that is a new covenant relationship. It's a marriage relationship. It's a joining together in partnership of life with the one who created us. It's restoring what Adam and Eve lost to what we now can rehab. Get, rehab. That's just a word I invented. Uh, that we can have again uh, as a result of the work of Jesus on the cross. So marriage has changed, changed. Marriage changes, rather, our legal status. Even now we understand that. And in God's kingdom, when we are related and covenant to God, it changes our legal status as far as God is concerned. So now, because Janet and I are married, we are considered one. And, uh, and you know, in our Western tradition, the name was changed. She was a Morris, and now she's a Christensen. Imagine that. But it means that we are legally bound together. And I can prove it. If Janet takes out her credit card and shows it to you, it'll say Christensen. Which means that if she spends, I have to pay too. We're all in the same boat together. And if I spend, she has to pay too. We're all in the same boat together. So it has created a legal bond or a legal relationship and a binding relationship that relates us together so that we share one another's fortune and future. Hallelujah. Jesus has created a legal breakthrough whereby we can be married again where we can be joined again. 
It's a wonderful thing to be joined to the Lord. There's nothing like a good marriage, right, Fred? Hallelujah. Right, Janet? There we go. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Nothing like a good marriage. And, you know, so the ring, when it's offered by God to us, we can say it's a good thing. It is a blessed thing. It is a wonderful thing. Jesus made the legal breakthrough that we can be joined to God in that way so that his inheritance becomes our inheritance. So we can be one even as he is one with his father. It is a remarkable restoration of what was lost. It's beyond getting back what was lost. It is going beyond what he ever, Adam and Eve ever had. Because Jesus is greater than Adam and Eve. Hallelujah. So Jesus is a leader. He's a, he's a, he is a, f- a person of the frontier. He is, he is someone who is a pioneer and broke through in every single way, both legally and, uh, and uh, medically, if you want to call it that, the whole issues, but he's also claiming territory. And the territory is the way that we live. Jesus was a pioneer and a breakthrough. He created a new way, and his purpose was, as the Scripture says, to bring many sons to glory. He did that by dying on a cross. I think one of the big stumbling blocks for people is to understand, well, how could dying on the cross bring salvation? How could that actually create things? Why is the cross such a significant thing that people wear it around their necks as a symbol of salvation? How can that be? It's a humiliating death that is reserved for the worst of criminals in his day. How could that be explained as God's way? Well, the reason is God's ways are not our ways, but actually they make a lot of sense. When you, when you come back to it and try to understand it, it makes a lot of sense. First of all, <clears throat> God had to restore humanity, so that means that he, he had to find a man. And he found a man by making a man and becoming a man. And that man, Jesus, first thing he had to do was overcome death. The Bible describes death as our worst enemy. The only way to overcome death was to face it. He had to face it face to face like David had to face Goliath. This is our spiritual Goliath. The only way to overcome it was to pass through that one-way door and come back out. Then he opened a door and a portal to eternity. Hallelujah. He went through the door of death and came back out. And it was more than resuscitation because other people have been raised from the dead before, but Jesus was not raised like everybody else. He was raised in newness of life. So he was not resuscitated. He was resurrected as the firstborn of many others. Bringing many sons to glory means that he also has created a way that that's going to happen to us as well. So our mortality is not the last part of the story. When he was raised from the dead, he changed biology. He changed physics. He changed the laws of nature and laws of the universe. The laws of the universe, laws of physics says that things deteriorate and decay unless acted upon by an external force or an external source. That's the second law of thermodynamics for those who are into physics. And that is a truism for everything. The death process happens when we're cut off 
from the external source that supplies energy. The external source that supplies energy to the created universe is eternity. Scripture says that he upholds all things by the word of his power. Well, we won't get into the physics of it, but basically when we are reconnected to God, we are reconnected to the external source that is a source of energy and power that brings life in the place of death. So Jesus changed everything by being the firstborn from the dead. Hallelujah. He changed everything. The cross was necessary for him to do that. He had to face death in order. You can't be resurrected without dying first. So therefore, he had to do that. Secondly, and also logically, he had to reverse the curse. It's a spiritual legal issue. There are eternal laws, which is why we see that that actually is why there's still suffering and all these other things, because there are eternal laws. God can't breach eternal law and still remain legal. God has to be legal. He is the author of law. And so he can't breach those eternal laws. And because of that, he has had to sacrifice his son because it's the only way to resolve the legal issue. Amazing. He was without sin. He was without separation. He was one man that was without separation from God, even to the point of death. Hallelujah. Therefore, the curse had no hold on him. He was found innocent by the eternal law. Not by man's law, not even by the devil's law, but by eternal law. He was found innocent. And therefore, God had to raise him from the dead. As a man. And he paved the way for others to follow. Jesus did not separate himself from God. So again, sin is separation from God. That is what we have to avoid. And that's what he's given us, the Holy Spirit, so that we don't have to be slaves to that separation. We, we actually have a right to not be slaves. You also have a right to remain in slavery if you wish. Or to act like a slave. But the door of the cage has been opened and you can fly out. And then finally, Jesus had to create a pathway that others could follow. That other imperfect people could follow. He created a way that imperfect people could follow. Hallelujah. The, dis- the, the, the imperfection is this, that people are inclined to do bad things. So now, it's not whether or not you do good or evil, but whether or not you choose light or darkness. He changed the rules. He changed the law. So that it's not whether or not you do good or evil now, or what you do is bad or what you do is good, but whether or not you choose light or darkness. God or the absence of God. Nobody has experienced hell here on earth to the degree that it actually exists. Hell is the total absence of God. And if you choose to have absence of God, you get what you want. You get to have absence of God. But I'm telling you, we don't really know what that means. Because God is being gracious. He still allows the rain to fall on the just and the unjust alike. The absence of God means the devil has unrestricted access to do whatever he wants with mankind, and he doesn't like us. So Jesus said, walk in the light as we are in the light, as I am in the light. Jesus was the pioneer of our faith. 
because his nature is in us and that makes us able to walk the walk and actually makes us pioneers as he is a pioneer. Well, so much for my introduction. Oops. So pioneers are way makers. So I'm just going to quickly describe what it means to be a pioneer because we are one and he is one, but we are pioneers also. So pioneers is a way of thinking. It's a way of thinking. And in fact, it's one that we all need to uh, grasp hold of and do. So what is the nature of a pioneer? And we'll look at the geog geographic pioneers as an example. Uh, we can look back at the history of Canada. Canada is actually full of pioneers. Canada became a country in 1867, joined by New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, Ontario, and Quebec, later joined by Manitoba and Northwest Territories. Uh, BC joined us on the condition that they would make a communication link between the rest of Canada or Canada and BC. And you know what's in the way of that happening is the Rocky Mountains. And uh, up until that time, you know, you couldn't really get to BC by going land, across land. You have to go by sea. That was a long trip. So uh, some visionaries decided that let's find a way of communicating. Let's join together Canada and BC. We need to do that. So it was a big visionaries had that vision. And uh, they hired a, a guy to find a way. His name was Rogers. Major Rogers, I hate to say it, but he was actually American. Anyway, that's okay. He's our, he's our hero now. <laughs> and he found a pathway, and it's called Rogers Pass. Named after him. It took him 15 years to find it. And he got $5,000 and a gold watch for his efforts. So then tracks were laid. So these... Uh, Pioneers of industry decided they were going to find a way of communicating, so they made a railway, and it's called the CPR now. Uh, and it was laid, tracks were laid from across Canada, and uh, then through Rogers Pass, they laid a track there. And it uh, has been there for over 100 years now, and it took them quite a time to do that. Uh, and up until then, only Major Rogers really had gone through but he was a way maker. So he was a surveyor. Bryce knows what a surveyor is, don't you, Bryce? You were one too. Uh, he was a surveyor. There's a difference between an explorer and a surveyor. Actually passes through, were discovered by David Thompson some years before, but he's a fur trader and he basically was doing it just to create fur, just to create a pathway for fur and to be trade and whatever. But, uh, and that's up near Jasper now, but the Rogers Pass is down near Banff. And so, but the one Rogers Pass was able to have a railway go through it, whereas the other one, that would have been a lot more difficult. So there's a difference between an explorer and a, and a surveyor. A surveyor is a way maker, a way for others to come. And uh, boy, they, they've done that. Now, I've, I've, we, that, tran that Trans-Canada route the CPR made is now the Trans-Canada Highway. And a couple of years ago, we drove through it. Uh, it took less than a day to drive through that place, and there are Tim Hortons all the way. 
So what that man did was he made a way, and the pioneers of, uh, of uh, industry made a way to make that stuff accessible to everybody so they could easily go through, and now it's a Trans-Canada Highway, you can easily go through because he's created a pathway for many, many others to follow. We can all get on the train and away we go. Now the scripture says that Jesus made a way and he led many captives in his train. Oh, what a beautiful analogy. <laughs> Hallelujah. So uh, we now travel along a much easier pathway because Jesus not only was a pioneer or an explorer, but he made a way and laid tracks. And then he made us all into engines that can move right along that track. We're designed for the track. Amen. So he changed our nature so that we could go along that, pine, that track that he pioneered. It's the track of faith. And we move along in that way. And there are three characteristics of a pioneer. Uh, first one is that they uh, are visionaries. And their vision drives them. They stick their head above the clouds. And they get, don't get confused. They see a vision. They see, see far distant. That's why we need to see the big picture. And the big picture for us is we have eternal life. We are not mere mortals. We're not below the clouds. We are above the clouds. We see from a different perspective. And because of that perspective, that vision fuels our progress. It shows us the way forward. Pioneering is a mindset. It's a way of seeing the way forward and seeing above the clouds of the circumstance we're in at the moment. It creates, uh, that vision creates the political, if we can call it the political will, it creates the will of we as people to move forward in what we see and makes us willing to invest the time, the energy, and, uh, and put our lives at risk to accomplish that vision. It's a purpose. Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. He had a vision. There was joy. The cross was not a joyful experience. But for the joy set before him, he had put his head above that cloud and saw what God had intended even as a man, he saw that, and God enabled him to fulfill that by the presence of the Holy Spirit in him. A pioneer is willing to sacrifice for purpose to put everything into attaining that goal. The, the problem with many Christians today, especially in North America, we become entitled to a comfortable life, and we're not willing to put anything into it. It has to be easy. It has to be some way that is like pre-cooked for us. No, go make your home cooking meal and look for a way look to put your energy and your time and, and your, your resources into fulfilling the purpose above the clouds, which is eternity. Eternity is a long time. This is where we invest in eternity. Smart investment now will pay off big time in eternity. And we have to have our head above that cloud. We have to see that there's opportunity and we need to grasp it. This is our moment of opportunity, and we need to grasp it. Pioneer is willing to sacrifice. A pioneer is willing to look beyond their own present lifestyle. Uh, I remember someone saying, because I was often wondering why there are people that don't want 
I mean, I love my lifestyle. Why wouldn't, I, why wouldn't others want that? Well, because they're in their little world, and they can't see beyond their world. When you're in addiction, it becomes a very closed world. It's a human nature. So if you're confined to some small space, that becomes your world. Well, it's time for a breakthrough. Pioneers are not happy with the little world that they're in. They want the bigger world. Because there's a problem with your world. There's evil in it. You are mortal. There's an end to the road. What then? There's a problem with your world. Stick your head above the clouds. Align yourself to the will and purpose that Jesus saw. Take a risk, invest in the new future, and follow him. Amen? Second thing is a pioneer is a surveyor, as I said earlier. A surveyor wants to get past an impossible barrier. There's a difference between an explorer and a surveyor. Surveyor wants to find a way that could enable many other people and goods and services to travel and be delivered. Jesus was a surveyor, not an explorer. He had, did have to explore, but he was a surveyor. The purpose was to find a way through the impossible barrier of sin and death, not just for himself, but to bring anyone else who was willing through that barrier as well. He pioneered faith. The Jesus pass through the mountain barrier of sin. Hallelujah. So he was a surveyor. Lastly, builders. A pioneer is a builder. It's not enough to map out a theoretical way, but to fulfill the purpose, builders had to prepare the way and lay a track that could carry a train. Jesus is the pioneer builder, and he has laid a track. He opened a new and living way and laid down a track and changed our nature so that we become comfortable with the track. Where the track is our life, where the track is our pathway, the track is what we want to do. That's called discipleship. We're on a track. We in, uh, with the intent, he made, laid the track to make it easy for us. It's easy for a train to go along the track because it was designed to carry it. And Jesus is the engine, actually, that pulls us all in his train along the track that he has laid. So he's not only created the track, he's become the engine. He's inside you as the engine that makes you able to go along the track. That's what it means to be a disciple. So the next thing, when you're going to be a disciple, the point is stay on the track. Don't get derailed. So in this particular story of Thomas, if you've had any boys for your, in your family, you'll know about this. Uh, Thomas meets his friend Dennis, who's in a ditch. Thomas asks him, how did you get, why are you in the ditch? How did you get in the ditch? He said, I needed freedom from the track. And so I came around the corner and I yelled, freedom at last, and I ran off the track and into the ditch. And now what he's discovered is he is free to go nowhere. But that's a lot of people do the same thing. They get derailed thinking that it's 
They're, they're tired, of the, tired of the constriction of discipleship and of being a disciple, and they want to run their own path. And what they realize is, wait a minute now, as a Christian, you're designed to be on a track. You're not designed to be off the track. If you're off the track, you go nowhere fast. In fact, it's worse than if you could just be in a mountain goat and remain, you know, then you'd be free to run around and do whatever you want. But now that he's redesigned you to actually be on a track, the only track that's going to get you through the mountain, by the way, And you decide you'd rather be free, free of the track. Bad move. We're designed for the track. Jesus is the new and living way, and the track is relationship with him. And through his relationship with God, we end up getting to our destiny, which is to being alive with God in Christ Jesus forever. That's what we're designed for. Jump the track and you're free to go nowhere. That's a little bit of a lesson there on the whole principle of, of discipleship. Now, I know Pastor Jan's got a message brewing about discipleship, and that's uh, going to be a very exciting one. But the last thing we need to realize is that we do have to, re- we are also pioneers, which means that we also lay tracks for others to follow. More than just following His DNA is now in us. That gives us a pioneering spirit. What is our frontier? Well, here's the reality. Every day is a new frontier. Because you don't know what tomorrow holds. So pioneering is a way of thinking. It's a way of facing tomorrow. Every generation is a new frontier. If I talk to Joel... Now he's younger than me, and he thinks differently than I do. And it was a challenge and a frontier for us as parents to bring up that generation. (laughs) Can any parents say amen to that? (laughs) Now, the amusing thing is, he looks at the next generation down, and he says, I don't understand them. (laughs) Uh, Duh, because every generation is a new challenge and a new frontier. And if we're pioneers, we create a bridge between generations. And we work to bring those generations, because every generation has a purpose. David served his genera- his, uh, served the purposes of God in his generation. We serve it in our generation. Every generation is a little bit different, but everyone has a purpose. Because God has laid a track that moves not only us personally into the heavenly realm, but moves the entire universe into his end purpose which is that God might be all and in all. So everything is moving according to that purpose. Every day is a new frontier. We face it with vision. We face it with a discipline of faith. We face it with a view to help our neighbors through that day. Disciples of Jesus are created to be pioneers, forerunners of faith, to carve a moral and spiritual path, and to lay down tracks for others to come along easily. I'm going to just give a little bit of a teaser of what Pastor Jan's going to share, but this is, that is this. There's difference between being a believer and being a disciple. And that's why the Bible says, does, does not say, Jesus did not say, go into all the world and create believers, but create disciples. And she's going to tell you what the difference is. So stay tuned. 
All believers will be saved, but not all believers follow the captain of their faith into the Lord's battle. Not all believers go and make disciples. Not all go and make new believers and disciples. Not all disciples are disciple makers. So that's also what she's going to be sharing. I believe we're in a very critical time. God wants us to be forerunners. Just as in the spirit and power of John the Baptist was a forerunner, Elijah was a forerunner. Now we are to be gifted with the spirit of Elijah, to be gifted with the spirit of forerunners, to come before the Lord of hosts, to prepare the way for Jesus. I do believe we're living in a very critical time, and we are to be way makers. I'm going to pray right now that the Holy Spirit will enable us to do that. But it requires also, because it's a gift, and you have to receive this gift too, you know. Otherwise, this grace will be of no value. Yes, it is a gift. It's an engagement ring. You have to engage with the Holy Spirit for this. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to be a disciple? God has to change our nature into his nature for that. Something has to happen to this generation. There has, we, have to be, we have to be ready to be joined and join in the procession that God has to move us forward into his eternal plan and purpose. I want to be in that train, do you? I want to be in his procession. I want to go through the mountains. I want to take the royal, the, uh, what is it? What's the one that, the, the, the Canadian Rocky uh, experience, what's it called? The mountaineer. Yeah, the mountaineer. I want to go on the mountaineer, amen? And go through the barriers that we face today. Let's do it with courage. Can we stand together, please? And I know I'm, I'm preaching here to the converted. I'm speaking to the choir. You know, I know that you already have that heart, but we're also reaching many others who perhaps haven't thought about this at all. Many people haven't really thought about God in the way that they need to. And God has provided a way and a means whereby you can join in relationship and come into uh, a place where he becomes the engine for your life and finds a way through the mortality and the challenges of the day. So, Father, we thank you for your blessing of sending Jesus, that you became man so that we could be joined to you and become sons of God. Jesus was the son of man so that we could become sons of God. Father, we thank you for that tremendous investment that you made out of love, it is an engagement ring, and the marriage is about love. And so, Lord, we pray that even the love that you have for us will be requited, that we will find love back for you, that we will choose the way, the way that you've made. We ask it, Lord, in your name. Lord, we pray also for all of us here who have come to be believers. We want to be more than believers. We want to be pioneers. We want to be disciple makers. And so, Lord, we pray that you put in our hearts the urgency and the desire that we might have spiritual children, that we might have people that will follow us and imitate us even as we imitate you, Lord. We pray, Lord, that we can bring many others in this critical moment of time into your glorious relationship, into that wonderful place where we are living life in the fullest sense possible. So, Lord, we pray that now in your precious and holy name, the holy name of Jesus, who is the way maker for us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.